Hi everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. This is show number 251 and as if by magic the whole gang are here like <laughs> like everybody. Um wow. Uh, I got to I'm going to say hi to Rach first cuz I haven't personally spoken to Rach for far too long. How you doing Rach? Hi. Hi. It's lovely to see you. It's lovely to see everybody's faces. Um, through the magical medium of um, virtual virtual reality, no. <laughs> oh, literally, <laughs> everybody's face disappears. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <clears throat> sorry, it's been so long since I've uh, been able to be part of the show. Um, I have obviously still been here. There's just been quite a lot going on. Um, uh, for, for me uh, at the moment but uh, yeah it's really nice to see you all and uh, yeah really looking forward to the to the discussion today ah uh, yes we do uh, yes well, well we'll come to the introduction of our super special guest in in just a little while but uh, i guess i'm, I'm gonna go am i gonna go clockwise or am i gonna go anti-clockwise around <laughs> my little like my little video full of faces my screen full of faces i think we'll go anti-clockwise and say hi to john how you doing john hello oh, that confused me because i'm clockwise <laughs> on my screen yeah but i can't see your screen because you're 100 miles away oh yeah <laughs> this virtual reality sucks this is really confusing isn't it? you can get to, you really want confusing you can get google to shuffle us all around if you go and like if you zoom in on one person or do a oh. settings thing in google or shuffle us all around but just, I might try that in a minute just to spice things up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, good to see you, Aid. <laughs> yeah, good, good to see great you. To uh, and uh, Claire, how are you? I'm really well, thanks, Aid. Uh, great to be here and lovely to have Rachel as well. And yourself, of course, of course. Well, yeah, sorry, I've been a little bit conspicuous <laughs> by my absence recently as well. Yeah, apologies for that. Um, just in case anybody is still trying to navigate this show, uh, Claire is in the bottom right of my screen. <laughs> and in the top right of my screen is Graham. How are you doing, Graham? I'm doing very well, thanks, dude. Oh, it's a real treat to be here with everyone. It is a real treat to be here with everybody, absolutely. And you have also arranged for a super special guest. So I think as you've done all the arrangements, I suspect you should have the honour of introducing our guest. What an an honour it is indeed. It's been a while. I can't remember how long it's been, um, but it's been a while since we've been able to welcome to the show Stephen Dowling from Cosmo Photo. Stephen, welcome back to the podcast. Yay! Yay! Yay. How the devil are you, Stephen? Uh, I'm uh, I'm busy because obviously due to the magic of podcasts, um, we're actually in the past, uh, and my week is very busy for reasons that we'll get into uh, mm. very soon. But yeah, I'm good. Uh, I, I just have a, a spreadsheet as long as the Magna Carta, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hopefully most of it is still more viable than the Magna Carta is at this point. That yeah. would be I didn't good. know the Magna Carta was done in Excel. That's quite impressive. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen it? <laughs> no, 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 I haven't, no. I used to work just up the road from where it was supposed to be signed. Oh. But, uh, but uh, it's... Uh, yeah, which is just a field. Why? Why they couldn't have gone somewhere good? I don't know, like a WeWork, like a WeWork or somewhere like that. I mean, that would have been far better, surely. WeWork. Um, so, Stephen, as we, this show's going out Friday morning, right? That's correct. I better double check this. This show's going out Friday morning. Friday lunchtime. Friday lunchtime. Oh, that was Friday clever. Lunchtime. Um, that spreadsheet's got bigger. <laughs> 
And the reason that this is going out Friday lunchtime and not before is because you are or have just... <laughs> just I hate trying to do tenses on the podcast. It sucks. <laughs> you have just, imminently now and will have in the future past, launched a very exciting new project, a new thing, new kickstarter, new all sorts of stuff, haven't you, um, on your website and its videos and obviously here as well. Now, you told me that this has taken over two years in the making to get to this point, which is why I think you've been quite careful about making sure it doesn't all fall at the last hurdle. What are you doing, Stephen? What am I doing? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I ask that often. Um, <laughs> this week, uh, what am I doing? I am launching uh, a new film, the second mm-hmm. photo film, which is called Agent Shadow. Um, it's uh, film noir themed um, mm. thanks to a uh, flash of inspiration on the tube and train back to Blackheath one night uh, in about January 2019, long before the whole sort of unpleasantness happened. Um, and, yeah, I'm trying something different this time. So uh, I sort of announced um, Mono um, as a pre-order um, and then a few months later, it sort of arrived and I started chasing up the hundreds of people who'd left their name going, um, can you pay now, please? <laughs> um, and I thought, uh, bugger that for a game of soldiers. <laughs> I'm going to uh, do a Kickstarter this time. So uh, Agent Shadow is um, launching via Kickstarter, but uh, it's also launching with something which I think is the first time anyone has done something like this with a film launch. Um, and that is a comic stroke um, graphic novel called The 36 Frames. I kind of, you're, you're uncertain whether anybody has ever launched a film with a comic before. I'm fairly certain that this is new ground you're breaking, Stephen. I don't I mean, think Bino ever been, had his own film. R- Romanian um, film factory that made a comic exhorting people to build more tractors or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, it's yeah. It feels like nobody has done this before. Uh, I, I think for good reason, given um, <laughs> the in- interesting conversations I've had with the person doing uh, the, the hard yards of the graphic work. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's launching um, with a graphic novella called The 36 Frames, which sees um, Agent Shadow, whoever they are, um, it's sort of traveling across the city at night on some kind of mysterious mission. Um, and that all comes in a special designer box made to look like a film noir briefcase. Um, just to make things more difficult. Uh, so all that's all that's uh, available only through Kickstarter at the moment. Um, so it's just updated. just to clarify, the the images in this will have all been taken with the new film. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> they're all HP five, aren't they? They're uh, they're all um, inspired by uh, late nights in Eastern Europe. Um, know that it's the story's all all there it's just um still being still you know the bits are all slotting together shall we say because uh, it, it turns out this this is quite a project to to get together two and a half years has has flown by 
especially with a, a pandemic in the way. But yeah, it's it's launched um, Friday lunchtime. So if uh, if you like what you hear, then obviously you can go to Kickstarter and press that pledge button. Have you um, have you decided at this point in the past or the present um, what the different tiers are going to be on the Kickstarter? Uh, yes. So um, so the the briefcase box, which comes with the novel and also comes with five rolls of film, uh, costs uh, about £43. Um, but if you just want to try the film, then uh, four rolls of film are £23. So, um, yeah, trying to keep it, that, that will actually be cheaper than the retail price as well um, when the film eventually becomes available through retail. Um, I'm not making it available um, through retail at the moment. I'm just going to launch it via Kickstarter and sort of see um, see how that goes. And then later on in the year, it will be available through you know distributors and retailers and via the blog. But I wanted to sort of build an agent shadow man club via Kickstarter if I could. <laughs> this, this... And it's 35 mil. 35 mil. Yeah, 36 frames, obviously. Clear, clear yeah. in the title there, isn't there? It's, 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 I was going to say, it's, you know, the, 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 it's the twist at the end of the graphic novel that you actually get 37 and a half. Well, it depends, <laughs> depends what you're shooting about. I mean, you could stick it in a half-frame camera and then um, you know, I'm going to have to write another comic. The 72, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so much I want to ask about with this. I mean, because the project, the, the way you're looking at it is so fascinating. I think the thing that I want to talk about first is because where it's all interesting but as with the cosmo mono um one of the the thing that really leaps out is the presentation uh because once again the the graphic art and the style and the boxes and everything around this are fabulous the mm. boy uh, we need t-shirts we need posters this is really great um i love it Stephen. well yeah it's I'm working once again with Martin Duncan, who goes by the name My Mate Does Art, who's uh, an absolute whiz kid at this stuff. Um, and he sort of, I come up with a vague idea and usually give him a, a sort of board, a mood board, and then he beavers away. And then suddenly I get drawings and usually pretty much 90% there in the first draft. Um, so yeah, just, not only the um, the packaging for the the film and for the briefcase box, but just uh, what I'm doing at the moment. Um, or sorry, what I did uh, up until the launch is the start of the comic has been um, rolled out via Instagram and Facebook. So that's essentially the first few pages of the comic. Just as a teaser to show you what the comic's like mm. it arrives at a, at a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, and then hopefully that, that piques people's interest that they want to learn more. Have you always wanted to write a, uh, a comic, a graphic novel, Stephen? No, no, I've, I've wanted to write a novel, <laughs> but um, no, this, it's weird. I sort of, I was trying to think about where this might have come from and I had, I had an idea for a novel uh, that I got after I travelled across Russia 
Mm. And there was a just one image that came into my head that kind of sparked it off, which, I mean, I tried writing the novel and it was just never, never got to the point where I was going to show it to anyone. But that certain scene that I got in my head in a strange way, it's actually made it to this. So mm. it took a, a little bit longer to wait in the shadows before it popped out. <laughs> Not in the original form that I, that I thought it would be. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Isn't it? Like all the influences through your life suddenly mm. start to come together in an unexpected way. I think that's really absolutely cool. yeah, yeah. And it's it's uh, as I was discussing before before we recorded. It's you, you know I am a, a film brand that is um, you know working with with factories to to do stuff with their existing stock, and so I've got to make it interesting. Uh, you know, I've, I've I've been a bit disappointed when I've seen um, seen people, obviously not naming names, but uh, you know, just clearly try and rush something out with you know fairly flat packaging, and it's it's like, why aren't you having fun with this? You know, mm. pour a bit more of your heart and soul into it, um, and you know, you do see that with JCH Street Pan, and you do see it with um, Street Candy. And um, you know the Lomography Kino films and all that stuff. It does, you know, it it sort of begs to be picked up when you're in the shop. So you know, we need we need more little brands trying to do stuff like that. I think couldn't agree more. We should mm. probably talk about the film. Actually, that with hindsight, that might be the thing that people are most, most interested in hearing <laughs> about. Really. So, what is? Agent Shadow. Why is it called Agent Shadow? Why should people give two hoots about it? So Agent Shadow is a tried and trusted uh, black and white emulsion um, that it turns out is really good uh, at pushed um, development. So uh, it has a box speed of 400, um, as you'll see on the Agent Shadow packaging. But um, with my own fair hand, uh, in Oxford last year, I uh, I took some behind the scenes shot of the teaser video that we put on YouTube. I think it was uh, February time, January February. Um, cranked the camera's meter up to sixty four hundred. Um, shot these pictures in the pouring rain, um, and took it back to London. My lab developed it, and I was. Uh, I scanned it and was like, holy shit, this looks really, really, really good. It's far better than than I expected. That was one of the test rolls. Um, and I've, I've given, about, how much do I have? Probably about 50 test rolls. So um, rather than try and shoot them myself, I, I gave them to people all over the world. Um, there's a, a batch which is going out this week to further people who'll who'll shoot while the Kickstarter campaigns mm. going on. So everywhere from the USA to France, um, to Finland. The person in Finland has actually taken them all to Georgia, where she's doing a wedding photography um, uh, class. Uh, yeah, uh, the UK, Japan. Mm. Just yeah, trying to trying to just get some of my friends and um, confidants, fellow agents, to um, <laughs> to you know do their thing. And and you know what I said to them was like, 
you know, don't just shoot it at 400, shoot it at 800, shoot it at 1600 or 4200. Um, and everyone's, you know, some people have, have shot it at, at the box speed and it looks absolutely fine, but I actually think it's one of those films that it, it, it puts on another coat when you, when you push it. Um, I'm really impressed. Sorry? Trench coat? French coat, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I know a an agent shadow trench coat is not one of the tiers, I'm afraid. If anyone is feeling um, feeling flush with cash, um, then the ultimate tier is and I'm in the in the process of sourcing all of these, um, a genuine sort of Cold War era briefcase um, that comes mm -hmm. with uh, 20 rolls of film. Uh, the briefcase box set and a reconditioned uh, Soviet rangefinder camera. That's painted what's a special agent shadow um, badge. That's awesome. Mm. I'm, I'm intrigued actually, Stephen, at the moment, um, the your website is always it's sort of encouraged was it cosmonauts the, the your followers on yeah. the are is that going to shift are we going to have agents are, are there going to be agents and cosmonauts will they fight <laughs> these are the things i want to know <laughs> well it's but yeah but jets versus sharks isn't it yeah. um yes well um, as, as people will see um through friday uh there's a a bunch of posts that are being published uh from the a few of the testers and rather than cosmonauts, these people are called shadow agents. Uh, so they're the, they're showing off what they've done with the film. So I think um, obviously this is a, another day where we were speaking. Uh, I think there's three that are going live on Friday, and then there'll be more um, going throughout the uh, forty days. I think that I have it uh, on Kickstarter. So it's taken two and a half years to get to this point. What's been what's been the hard part of it? What's been the part that has? I mean, I'm sure that obviously, Corona doing its thing all through last year impacted everything. But what has been the the biggest hurdle for you to get past? What's been the thing that's taken the most time to get right? I mean, the graphics are really where things take time, and especially you know, Martin would would sigh heavily and and. Um, <laughs> not his head I, I think you know that to get that look right i mean the the images um from the the start of the graphic novel they just look so good um but you know that that's that requires time and consistency and you know getting the mood so you know for instance something as silly as he he sent one image which is agent shadow um, sort of waiting under a, a lamp and a, a car goes past. This was the brief I, I sent him. And um, the car, he he taken a car, but it was like a 1970s car. And I was like, oh, no, that scene is good, but that car is too modern. So I had to get, then go and look at sort of East European car mm. in the early 1950s and send a bunch of different images so that he could then put that into into the mix so it, it's it's little stuff like that but 
90% of it has been because of coronavirus. I mean, it's massively affected every aspect mm. of launching a project like this, apart from building a, a Kickstarter page. Um, just because even down to the people who make packaging, a lot of them, you know, the people who would you would normally build a prototype or, or get some test stuff with, they were making stuff for vaccines and, you know, mm. the NHS or whoever were just like, you're doing this for the next six months. Um, it's completely, uh, completely taken over. And, of course, Brexit as well, which is uh, the elephant in the room. Um, uh, that's all I'll say. But, yeah, that's, that's definitely had an effect. Um, so there, there were certainly simpler times to have uh, tried to do it in. But, it, you know, I was waiting for the, the people I'm working with on this one to give it the green light. And, you know, it took a while until suddenly they were like, actually, yeah, let's do this. Let's, let's work together on something. Um, and which is fair enough. They, they needed to see that uh, what I was doing was, you know, I wasn't just a flash in the pan doing it for a year and then getting bored and doing something else. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, mono soul nearly 50,000 rolls now. So that seems like yeah. a point where... Uh, flash in the pan uh, territory, is it? You know, if you've sold nearly 50,000 rolls, Stephen. So, you know, you've got... The good thing about that is that you've got that that basis already, you know, in order to go into something mm. like Kickstarter. It's, it's a way of at least, you know, building confidence and making sure that people feel like they already know the brand, they already know you, you know, already have probably used your products in the past so yeah exactly and I, I i've done i haven't done anything film related but i did a kickstarter uh, a few years back um with a couple of photographers um about the hundred club which is a music venue in london oh, yeah, yeah. um and that unfortunately we didn't fund it um but that was actually really useful um as an exercise, I mean, it was disappointing that the book wasn't funded, but in terms of just making those mistakes to work out what to do next time, um, it was super useful. And I also had really amazing help from Dan Rubin, um, who's done, not just done Kickstarters himself, but he's also worked as a consultant on a lot of uh, Kickstarters. So, He's sort of been a, a really good sounding board and we've caught up every couple of weeks for about the last year, um, sometimes a bit longer when, you know, for various reasons, things were, were quiet at, at various points. And he'd be like, you know, have you got anything to show me? And it's like, no, it's a couple of weeks time. Let's, let's check back in. But just having that, um, that person who gets the project but also gets Kickstarter and goes, you know, may you, here's what you need to be thinking about because you're more likely to fund it if, if you do this. Um, and, you know, stuff, some of that stuff I was aware of because I'd, I'd been on a Kickstarter which didn't fund, but some of it, you know, and, and obviously I'm talking on the first day and it, it might not get funded, but I definitely feel like I'm in a, better position to see it through 
um, just the way things have gone on, you know, on the road to, to launching it, it, it feels like a more, more coherent project than I maybe would have tried two years ago. Is that, sorry, Graham. No, I was going to say with that in mind, um, how high are your anxiety levels at the moment? Because you've put, not just you, but you and all the people that you're collaborating with and working with have put an awful lot of time and effort and your energy into this. And from what you were saying, because of what's needed in terms of purchasing power and so on, if the Kickstarter isn't successful, it's not as if there's an easy fallback plan B, like, oh, well, we'll just do this anyway, but it'll take a little bit longer. Um, how are you feeling at this point? I mean... It's it's a weird one, isn't it? You, all you can do with something like this is get it to the point where you're happy, and like the people that have been helping you, who who will be honest and constructive. If they go, you're not ready yet. That you should listen to them. Um, I feel I feel like it's a good project. I feel like it's having. I mean, it's slightly odd that you know, certainly in the in the um, northern hemisphere, I'm launching a film that you know cries out for long winter nights uh, and the height of summer. But by the time it actually gets out to shops, um, gets out to my distributors, uh, way you know after the Kickstarter um, pledges have been or rewards have been mailed out, we're going to be talking October, November. So that's the perfect time for a film like this to be coming out and, you know, being available in shops and film sites and, you know, uh, camera shops. Can, can you organise a, a late night photo walk through the seedier parts of London town? Perhaps? Oh, yes. I mean, uh, where, where, with, with mandatory fedoras? Well, absolutely. Well, um, actually, the the agents. Um, I don't know if any of you have seen the saw the the YouTube um, video, the the teaser we did. It, it's at this moment in time while we're talking, it's actually down because a a uh, tweaked version of the film mm. goes live on the Friday, which has a a, a cliffhanger. But there was actually somebody I met doing the. Um, photo walks that I do with Rob Andrews who runs London Camera Project um, a guy from Oxford who uh, just you know used to come into London and, and go on our photo walks so uh, I think if he's up for it we should definitely do a an homage to Agent Shadow uh, get him to dress up as the agent uh, and do a um, do a, a walk at some point uh, one one winter's night uh, in Oxford, uh, I'll be the first Jasper's heard of it. Um, from- <laughs> I'm sure he'd be more than up for it. But yeah, obviously with Kickstarter, um, you know there is there's always a degree of uncertainty because you are basically you've you've come up with a a, a funding campaign. Um, and it requires people to actually buy it before anything can happen. So there's, you know, there's there's risk. Obviously, you know, we, we all know the the projects that have struggled to actually come up with a, uh, a physical object you know, for various reasons. Um, it can be a risk for 
for the the people who pledge, but it can also be a risk for the creator because, yeah, like I've I've told you today, it's it's two and a half years of a lot of like mm -hmm. creative juices and um, and just time and like I, I really really sort of marinated in this and thought, you know, what would I want to see in this and and always, you know, just trying to make sure it was something that that hopefully people saw and just just went, oh wow, this looks great. Um, and I think, you know, part of the reason of doing that box is I just thought it'd oh, be a great thing to receive on mm. a day if I was or a birthday or if I was a, a film fan. And it, you know, trying to keep the price, um, you know, reasonable enough that it's not, it's not crazy money, um, because we're at a time where a lot of people don't have a great deal of money, spare money to spend on fripperies like film photography, but also film's gone skyrocketing in price over the last three years. Um, a, a friend of mine pulled out uh he bought it along to a walk on sunday to prove it um he bought five rolls of portra 400 for 40 quid but three or four years ago and he mm -hmm. was saying and look what it is now it's like it, it's he'd found it in an old like um folder for tax returns or something <laughs> <laughs> holy shit so um yeah, it's. It, I wanted to make something or release something that, um, yeah, especially for the Kickstarter price. Obviously, you know, you realise there's postage uh, on top of it. So, you know, for certain parts of the world, it, it'll be a little more outlay. But you know, the cost of a roll of film um, on the various tiers, once you work out the price per film, is not a a lot over five pounds so you know it's definitely under six quid that's great that's good because it's it's we need films in that price point because as you said a lot of stuff has been creeping up and up and up and up and the reality is that the one yeah obviously these things kind of need to happen to keep the businesses viable but to keep the hobby and the you know actually long term keep the business viable you need that stuff that people can just shoot and not have to think oh i need to husband every last frame and they need to just go and have fun and experiment and that needs to be the films that are more affordable it's really it's a really important part of the market i think because oh, absolutely and, and we've seen you know I'm, uh, obviously because i've been tied up and in, in this i've not not been across the podcast as much as i should have been but you know i, I picked up that people have been discussing that it's impossible to get Color Plus 200. It's impossible to find Fuji Color C200 mm -hmm. because those were the, you know, those used to be the films that people went, well, well I'll try it, I suppose, because I can't get any portrait or I can't get any um, Lomography C800 or whatever. And suddenly it's like, oh, I can't get any of that or I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. Actually, Color Plus, that's not a bad film. And when it's priced at £4.50 or whatever it was, um, it was a no-brainer. It was mm -hmm. like, and then, you know, things being as they are, the, the the price of that is not only higher, but there's there has been such a giant increase in the number of people shooting film um, that that stuff's out of stock. Yeah, I mean, 
you remember, like, well, I guess four years, I don't know, three, four years ago now, you could go into Poundland and buy a roll of film for a pound. Remember those yeah. days? Oh, the good old days where we were once so young and now it's all gone. Um, um, I am into, because you mentioned, Stephen, at the outset about um, film films coming out and the film that's out there and that uh, the packaging is uh, utilitarian at best. Um, and especially as the hobby is gaining momentum and more and more people are coming into it, how important a role do you think the way film is presented to people is in how they then go forwards and use it? Because you, you said, like, with the people you sent the film out to, and I know what I'm like, if you get a roll film and it says, okay, this is ISO 400, I'm probably going to shoot that ISO 400. I'm going to do exactly what it says, and I'm not going to yeah. think anymore about it. What, what do you think the opportunities are and what could be done with packaging and presenting film in different ways to encourage people to do more with it and also I suppose just to um, to, to give them more inspiration in the first place you, you said about um, JCH film I mean just the fact that that's called Street Pan immediately yeah. that's sending a message to somebody oh I want to go and take pictures on the street I should give this a go yeah absolutely and uh, I'm just sticking the um yeah it, it, I, I think you know the the We've had an organization that have, or a film brand that's done this before um, and done it really successfully, and that's the Lomography, because um, Lomography, um, you know, News Alert, they don't make their own films. Everything that they've, uh, they've made has been, um, you know, somebody else's film that they've repackaged. And, of course, over the, the years, what is in those different packages can sometimes change, you know, what's Lady Grey now might not have been what Lady Grey was five years later. It just depends on, on what's available. But I think there is a, there's a, a definite sort of aesthetic that if you um, get a role of T-Max 400 by Kodak, I mean, that's a Kodak film. It's like, you know, you know serious... I think T-Max is one of their pro films. But, you know, if, if you pick up a Lomography film that, uh, you know, might be, you know, T-Max that's repackaged for them, but its, it's packaging is more um, bright and colourful and it's urging you to experiment more with it, then you're going to do that. So uh, I, think, I think the packaging it appeals to a different sector of the market i.e. younger people, that's a great thing. I mean, I've argued before that Lomography kind of kept uh, the flame burning um, during the really dark years between about 2007 to 2013 when we were losing um, film manufacturers and, you know, dozens, if not more, film stocks as, as the, the big... Um, film brands were sort of retrenching, retrenching a bit. I mean, they, they made it more relevant to a younger, um, a younger audience, not the people who were like wanting to buy it in a hundred foot rolls to bulk load. Um, you know, because yes, that is a, a sector of the market, but that's not the people who I think have, have helped bring about films second wind. 
I think it's all younger people. Um, they want to try as many films as they can. They want to experiment with them. They want to, uh, you know, try them in different cameras that they've found in junk shop. Like every every role of film with these people is an adventure, and that's exactly how it should be. Once you start going, oh well, T Max four hundred, I I suppose I'd better shoot that at box speed, and um, so well, no, you stick it in a rangefinder and go walking around a street at night and shoot it at 3200 mm. i mean the i suppose where a brand like cosmophoto has an advantage compared to fujifilm or ilford or kodak those guys have to have a common brand identity over all of their products all of their film products because you know there is a master brand be it kodak or ilford or, or fujifilm me, I, I can change it on on a whim. You know, what does this film feel like? A 400-speed film that's really, really pushable makes me think of something that a secret agent would have. Boom, secret agent film. Right. If I get a retro color, you know, C41 film, what does that make me think of? Well, who knows? Um, uh, it, something uh, Soviet it's, is my guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a day, yes, sir. Um, but it, it's the ability to go, well, it, it's sort of what is this film best at? What will the people what's the people who are likely to to buy it? What do you, what do I think they might want to use it for? What do I want to use it for? Where's that happy point um somewhere in between? I mean, look, look at what Double Film do. I mean, they've, mm. you know, through that sort of explosion of like tinted films, they've created a completely different market. Um, and that's that's, it's sort of an offshoot of what Lomography did. Um, I mean, I know Lomography now do the sort of turquoise and the purple film, and they had the um, XR fifty to two hundred, but all of that sort of color tinting and light leaks was a sort of by virtue of, of using the either expired film or using the cameras that didn't exactly keep things light tight. Um, whereas, you know, Kono and double film and um, all those people are like actually creating a completely different beast that, you know, yeah, people who are, you know, in their teens and twenties and shooting them on, you know, what did somebody call them the other day? Burner cameras. <laughs> um, that's exactly what what those films are, are made for, and how they that they should be enjoyed. Yeah, it's a real. Myself and Graham were actually we were looking at Ilford adverts, weren't we, a couple mm. of weeks back, and um, we were trying to find old like print adverts for Ilford, which there aren't many of. Um, but the ones that were there were so generic. It's like they, they try and cover all their bases and don't want to pigeonhole themselves. And kind of on the flip side of that is it then kind of potentially doesn't inspire you to take a certain type of shot with their their films. And it can feel a bit like open-ended, whereas I guess kind of what you're doing is saying mm. this sort of image looks great on this film and then that acts as a source of inspiration for people. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. It's um, you're sort of planting a seed by by virtue of 
well, you know, the just with mono, the the um, amount of times on on Instagram or Facebook where I saw somebody, oh, I found a, I bought my first roll of mono. Better find something Soviet to take a picture of. It's mm. like great, like you know, there's uh, there's people wandering around there, the local museum, trying to find a Mig parked uh, out the back. <laughs> but, but you know, it's that. Well, I'm I have this. Uh, the film, I need to load it in a Zenit or a Fed or something. Mm. But again, it's that sort of, even sometimes unconsciously, it's making people experiment or try things that they hadn't tried before, which I think is is why film is it seems to be in rude health at the moment, I think, because we have people who are a, a huge new audience who aren't staying in their lanes there. Um, they're trying new stuff and they're, they're doing sort of crazy things with the film stocks that are left. And, mm. um, you know, the whole film soup thing, which is, has come about recently, which I mean, it's, it's not the kind of thing I, I do. It doesn't press my buttons, but I, you know, have fun. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, um, I was talking to Simon Force today and he was very excitedly telling me that <laughs> he has just given um, an OM2 to his son. His son saw this camera, Simon got an auction and went, I want that. And, it, and he's obviously very excited about it. his son showing a real interest in shooting with film. And he said, I'll have to go out and go and do some photos. I have to think of somewhere interesting to take him to take pictures. And I said to Simon, he's just got a new camera. He's really excited about it. Everything is interesting um but mm. that having those things as you said that just you pick this and go oh this is sparking something in my mind straight away is yeah. so valuable because it's bizarre so much in the way of film stock looks like office supplies like here is this incredible creative <laughs> medium the only reason for it to exist is to create art and it mm. looks like office supplies. Why? Why is this the most rigid, generic, boring packaging that things can be in? It's it's bizarre. Like, well, I think I think one thing that FOMA showed is when they they bought back their old packaging mm. from the nineteen thirties for their one twenty film, mm. and that weekend it was just it was all people were buying once it was available, and it's like. It's the same film mm. yeah. that it was available in that fridge the week before, but they've just they've made it more exciting by making it mm. more visually appealing. And mm. I, you know, I think the I'm, you know, I, I have talked to a few people who've um, wanted to to do essentially what I did, and I only did that because of what Bellamy did. Uh, and I have said, you know. Don't don't try and ape what I'm doing because there'll be something that comes from you, you know, some idea or something to do with you know something you're interested in or even you know part of your identity that that will make make it interesting to somebody who walk, walks into a a camera shop or a film shop and goes, oh, I've never heard of X film. The packaging looks good. It's like people just have to like have have some fun with it. Mm. Um, I think, you know, I, obviously people know that um, Mono was made by FOMA. What a what an absolutely brilliant company to work with. Just like really 
enthusiastic, you know, how much do you need? You know, when do you want to make film this year? Um, you know, that's part of how they're keeping afloat is by working with people like me. And, and if it's successful, then it means more money for them. And, you know, it does mean also that FOMA products are selling better than they were five years ago because they're doing, doing things like this. Um, you know, I, I think, well, me personally, I grew up in New Zealand. I'd never seen FOMA film before. Uh, I came to the UK and it was only really aware of it in the early 2000s when it started becoming a bit more prevalent. Um, so I know there's been issues with lots of parts of the world where it's just been more difficult to get um, film with film. Somebody like me, it's like if somebody says they want to buy 50 rolls off me, some shop in Chile, which has just happened, it's like, yeah, fine. You know, here's the... Here's the cost. Here's the postage cost. Absolutely fine. It's like I'm I'm happy to be sending out you know 25, 30, 50 rolls of film to people because that's it is that little. It's planting those little flags, mm. um, and the the interesting thing that's happening. Well, that's my cat meowing, wanting to. <laughs> to find it all up. Uh, you can't. I'm doing an interview. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's all these sort of one man band. I'm gonna, I might have to push skins there. Hang on, pause, pause the recording. No, <laughs> oh, the push <laughs> Oh, Matt, I can't believe you've put a trench coat on that cat. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I actually um, I was out doing some work on my bike earlier. My next door neighbors came around and they've got a uh sausage dog puppy uh, and this <laughs> puppy was wearing a hawaiian shirt she <laughs> 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 uh, um, has always said she really wants to get a sausage dog and i've always been like hell no but now i've seen that you can get hawaiian shirts for them i think i might be slightly on board we were we were <laughs> john was just stipulating that your cat was wearing a trench coat and i think that's taking branding a little bit too fast even oh, uh, my cat uh, we've got a loft uh, in the room where I am, a little, uh, it's not a giant loft. You can't stand up in it. But uh, we made the mistake of um, taking her up there soon after we got her um, up on the ladder. And now every time she walks into the room, she looks up and meows to be lit up there. <laughs> so, uh, at least once or twice a week, she has to go up in the loft on somebody's shoulder. <laughs> Uh, the joys of cat life the joys of cat life um yeah i mean getting back to what you were saying Stephen. i I think what is it people say you you eat with your eyes you know you 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 visually engage with stuff and it's not like when you look at a roll of film you're seeing pictures that you could be taking with it no you're looking at the packaging and there is something to be said you know we've all been on here shooting for a long time so we have a long-term relationship with all these films so we think about them in different ways to people who might be coming to them fresh but still it's more exciting to me as i'm flicking through my boxes of film much though i love things like hp5 and fp4 i really do um but if i open to go oh i've got a roll of p30 there 
that's yeah. exciting because it's like oh it's in its fancy box and it's like i'll i'll oh i'll save that for some something else special and never get around to shooting it um or cosmo or street pan or as you said the mockery stuff because it's it's just a bit different and it's just like ah these are almost feel like special occasion films but it's, it's cheap. personality isn't it these these by virtue of that packaging and and the graphics it, it gives it a different personality and and that that really does translate into you approach taking pictures with it you know even down to something as silly as oh i'm going to put this in my mum or dad's zena e rather than the you know the minolta i usually use just because i want to do something different it and and that stuff's great you know the mm. that's when did i come into film photography 20 years ago just over 20 years ago and that was you know definitely um after lamography you know sort of crested that wave and i found you know i still find that really inspiring like something as simple as going on flickr and just putting in the like name of the camera or a film and just pressing that most interesting pictures and you know, oh i'd never thought of putting that film with that camera or like oh god they pushed that film to 3200 and that looks great well, i'm going to do that next time and that's you know th that's the virtue of the sort of digital playground that analog photography has now is we're able to show off results and like swap ideas so much more easily um so like talking about pushing film and experimenting stuff are you going to provide any kind of guidelines and suggested developers for pushing this film yeah so um i'll get that ready for after the campaign because um you know i think the the main impetus from here until the middle of july is um to get the the, the film funded um and ahead of it actually being sent out and you know people who are just ordering the film, they should get their, their agent shadow roles for September. Um, around that time, I'll have a full uh, on, the, on the website, Cosmophoto's site. I'll have posts with um, suggested times using various developers and also just um, here's agent shadow shot at 800. Uh, with this developer, here's it shot at 1600. Basically, like developer pages. Um, yeah. uh, obviously, I can't be as uh, as massive as the massive dev dev chart because that's just massive a hive mind. Um, but you know, you can at least go. Well, you know, chances are people are going to try these, or this is what um, you know. A, a few people have have done already like uh, anthony rue is one of the testers um who runs volta coffee in uh, florida so when he sent his pictures in, he also sent all the instructions uh, and he used different developers for each one i think um so all that stuff is going into a into a, uh, a folder so that you know come the appropriate time because yeah that, that stuff is useful and I, and I think even since the start of the pandemic the explosion and people ho home developing even even one of my workmates um, in his twenties uh, in my day job was just like, uh, well, one one thing I've learned to do was developing my own film. Um, you know, now that I can't go out for, mm -hmm. 
Um, so, you, and I, I just know anecdotally in London, it was really hard to get darkroom chemicals from any of the shops. They were all sold out. Um, so, yeah, I think home developing is is here to stay. And I think people see that as another part of the journey, don't they? They they go, well, I'm, I'm going to shoot it on this camera and then I'm going to try this developer when I develop it at home and see how it looks. And and people sort of bring that experimentation to, you know, the developing side as much as they do the actual shooting of the film. It's another step of being able to kind of make it yours and make mm. it unique. Yeah. Um, but also I think it ties in with what you said about the price of film going up because it's a way of kind of offsetting the increase in film. If yeah. you're not sending it to a lab and doing it yourself, yeah, it's going to cost you more time, but you've balanced out how much each roll is going to cost if you're doing it yourself. And I also say to people, and again, you know, I am aware, um, you know, people don't have a lot, a lot of people don't have a lot of spare money at the moment. But you know, if you can afford to buy a scanner, a, a good decent working scanner, buy it because you're going to save yourself. Like if you shoot a hundred rolls uh, a year, or or even like fifty rolls, depending on the on the scanner, you'll probably make your money back in that first year mm. because you're not paying to have your, your film scanned. Um, you know, there's the time that you have to um, put into learning to scan properly. And, you know, even having done this since 2005, scanning from home in the last year, I've completely relented it again because I finally got Lightroom with Negative Lab Pro, which now I've thought, oh, God, there's probably around a 1,000 rolls of film that I should probably go back and <laughs> scan again because they look like shit at the moment. <laughs> and now I have this magic wand I can waft over 20-year-old pictures. Um, what I would love to do with the help of my fabulous teammates, minus one because Rachel's had to go, yeah. sadly, but it was great while she was here. But AIDS, AIDS returned. <laughs> Is your leg all right, AIDS? <laughs> I, uh, apparently I'm not going to lose it. Phew, Good. <laughs> <laughs> Ask no questions, listeners. Um, whenever there is a new film announcement or a Kickstarter announcement, no matter how clear and concise and um, straightforward that announcement is, there are always a lot of questions which are going to get thrown at you. Um, so let's start throwing these questions at you. I'm going to start to set the term. Is this coming out in 120? You got Cosmo Photo more than in 120. Is this coming out in 120? Uh, not at the moment. Um, that that would be a lovely thing to do, but uh, at the moment, this is just a just a thirty five millimeter release on Cosmophoto. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Go on, Claire. Ask a question. Any question. I don't know what about asking questions. Well, well, I'll tell you what. I think we should all be agents because I see I would pick up this film because <laughs> I like the packaging and I was thinking I could indulge my fantasy about being like an agent, a double agent. And when you've been speaking, Stephen, I've because I, I'm I'm I live on Anglesey. I've been imagining that this film would actually suit. Um, I've been wanting to. I've recently I've been really wanting to go over on the night ferry, the night crossing. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, because you know you can get the ferry from from Hollyhead, and I've been really wanting to go on the, just to go on the night crossing. And I'm as you've been talking, my head's been filling up with um, certain songs, and I'm thinking, God, I could take this. Um, I could be like a double agent and take this uh, film with me on a on a night crossing. <laughs> uh, but only if you send it by the suitcase from oh, oh, you know. I pick it up on the train. Uh, proper, <laughs> well, uh, and, and then we uh, could all shoot. We could have a challenge. We could all be a, um, agent shadows and shoot the next instalment of Thirty Six Frames. I reckon. Well, I mean, the, it's and mine will be on. the night crossing. Mine will be the night crossing. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we could do like a, a weekend where we. Your mission is to shoot something at night time, and I mm. want uh, a sort of to couple together some kind of photo essay. <laughs> tell another story through the the images from yeah i mean th that... yeah, a, narr a narrative project it'd be awesome mm, i think that should be a, a challenge um <laughs> agent well, shadows well speaking of challenge... so this, this is all a bit this is a bit convenient isn't it because recently i bought a suitcase <laughs> right <laughs> and i bought this as well which is like a massive... <laughs> 80s mobile phone, phone yeah, that I'm wow. going to put into the suitcase and create a character out of the two. <laughs> and this is like, I think your pit fill is going to be perfect for my project. Brilliant. So, Aid, you, uh, Claire, good work on the question in that you completely failed to come up with the question, but never mind. It was, it was a good side. Aid, you're wearing your secret agent. <laughs> I'm wearing my secret, so, so my secret agent straw cowboy hat. So I am. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go deep undercover in the Midwest in a, in a field of corn. With your uh, ass chaps, yeah. Either that or I'm going to make a YouTube video. I forget which. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, I mean, you know, master of silly questions. Uh, what colour is it? <laughs> what what colour? It, it is both black and indeed white. <laughs> it's got both the colours. Excellent. I'm very pleased to hear that. I yeah, don't want to have to choose one or the other. It's got the, the only colours you need, black and white it's got the only color okay that that's cool uh so that's that's definitely a good question i mean you know graham has asked uh, the question but i don't think you quite nailed the name of that format you were asking about graham because surely you meant 120 millimeter oh yeah sorry yeah absolutely <laughs> 120 millimeter yeah that's that's what uh, actually on the format front i mean is this not coming out in uh, never mind 120 is this coming out in 60 millimeter for the little spy camera Stephen? because if not what the actual is going on um well somebody yeah, thank has, you claire somebody has asked for some tester rolls that they can then cut uh using the old soviet trick of oh. cutting um a roll of 35 mil using two razor blades and a matchbox you can um as long as you've got the little uh canisters and um, film spools uh you can actually make 16 mil film uh, as long as you have a darkened room and uh, a, a fairly good at, uh, you know, kind of wobbly uh, edge. Slicing your fingers in the dark. I was going to say, you mentioned film souping earlier. I think me in the dark with two razor blades, we would definitely be film souping that. It's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, John, come on. Uh, good Twitter esque questions. What's Facebook going to yell at Stephen when, when he launches this film? <laughs> Uh, I've got a very boring question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just about kind of how do you stock your film? You know, like earlier we were talking about 
um, reductions in film supply during COVID. Like, I assume with the Kickstarter, you're using that as a way of being able to know how much to order yeah. and book lots to start with. How have you managed that with Mono as well? So Mono, um, my MIQ uh, is a lot smaller than, than for Agent Shadows. So um, it's actually, there, there hasn't been any, any issues really because FOMA has, has been um, pretty consistent. You know, they say what happens with FOMA during the uh, summer is they take a break. So the factory isn't, um, I think they, they close everything down, clean everything, um, give the machines a bit of a, uh, an overhaul so that they're up for the up and ready for the sort of pre-Christmas rush. So that means sort of July, August, um, they can't actually make any film. So there's a little bit of like, well, I need to work out how much I can afford to make to keep it trickling over mm-hmm. during the summer, summertime, because obviously that's a peak time for a hundred ISO film in the Northern hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's everywhere from Japan to North America to all of Europe and you know, Russia. So yeah, a little bit of planning, but to be honest, that that was one of the, lesser headaches over last year there weren't really any issues over getting hold of the film actually getting the film into the uk was a massive massive headache after brexit um and it's still not actually resolved probably will be in july um just just essentially because um i have a, a warehouse that i use in hungary which is um a logistics company that essentially all the analog businesses in um, Europe use because it's uh, climate controlled. So uh, when it's 35 degrees outside, it's 18 degrees inside. Um, So it's film safe. And because I'm based in the UK, um, but I was also trying to send film to myself, none of the courier companies would would allow that they're like well it's a the person's operating in the in the uk and wanting to send to, to themselves but the film is stopped in the eu they just basically couldn't work out the vat so they just said we're not sending a film to you so uh yeah that, that took about three months to work out a, a workaround so during that time uh i couldn't send film to the states or asia or australia or the UK, all I could sort was um, customers in the EU. So, um, and did I have that problem last year? No, it's it's purely, a, you know, as the new trading regimes have come in mm. uh, 2021. So that, that will get better. Um, and I'm, I, I don't rely on this as my day job. So I was kind of able to, sit there and scratch my head and work it out. Whereas I think a lot of other businesses have, have been in a way worse situation than me. Um, Cause it, it wasn't very clear before um, t- December the 31st that stuff like this would happen. So it's been, yeah, it's been a learning experience, shall we say. 
Um, I I don't think my cl- my co-hosts have spent as much time around Twitter jokes as I have, which is weird. So I'm going to continue asking some more Twitter questions. <laughs> I know you're going to get okay. asked. Here's a popular one for you, Stephen. <laughs> okay. This one you're definitely going to get. Why on earth are you bringing another black and white film to the market, Stephen? Why isn't this colour? We've got loads of black and white films. What are you even doing? Uh, it's because I'm I'm obviously very lazy mm-hmm. uh, and I can charge more. And um, well, uh, my favourite one is um, why haven't you bought out your own um, colour film yet? Uh, and I know how much it would cost me to um, make a colour film because I've had those discussions. So we're talking about 1.5 million euros to make a and new formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can kickstart. No, see how this Kickstarter goes, and then potentially just scale up to that. Oh, just, sure. just do what Ferrania did: kickstart it and make some colour slide film. Oh yeah. way! Then I can. Um, while I'm doing that, uh, launch an SLR project as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bad people, bad people. Um. <laughs> so I've got a question about the packaging. Actually, I mean, as uh, it's, mm. it's no surprise to me that the, uh, a new Cosmo photo product would have excellent design, and we've talked about all of that already. Um, I do feel though that the box it ships in should be, and possibly even the canister itself, should be made of some sort of pulped cardboard that uh, is soluble in in water. <laughs> can you can you arrange for that? Oh, you get, well, with invisible ink uh, messages that only become uh, uh, well, um, possibly. Uh, I mean, you know, if if you're prepared to um, you know spend extra on the uh, on the Kickstarter pledges, then. It, who knows anything possible that's gonna be one of those milestones if everybody chips in enough money you can uh, you can make a water soluble canister <laughs> actually i've got a, a non-jerk question about the kickstarter is there are there going to be early bird rewards or is it just going to be a case of no you're not going to be terrible to people like that <laughs> and make everyone laugh. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely um so obviously we're um people will have been aware uh, that there was something looming. So I asked people to go on a mailing list if they wanted to um, be made aware about early birds. So uh, there were indeed um, early birds, about 500 early bird um, products. So uh, obviously now we're talking in the future. I don't know if any of those are available, but you know, that's, I think, the early bird for four rolls of film is 20 quid. Mm-hmm. Um, and the box is 38 pounds. So, um, but obviously a limited, um, limited amount because it's just a, you know, the way Kickstarter does things, isn't it? Not limited time-wise, but limited uh, in quantity. Mm-hmm. Any of you guys got any other burning questions you need to ask, Stephen? Are you going to hang off the, um, what do you call them, the the clock arms of Big Ben for us? Oh, uh, uh, was it was it Robert? Um, yeah, thirty nine steps. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Robert Powell. Robert Powell. Robert Powell. Robert Duval is so, he, he, he's yeah he's the Charlie Don't Surf guy, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, when when you call um, something in thirty six frames, you are <laughs> giving a um, 
a, a very hefty nod towards um, 39 Steps, which I read at school mm. um, back in New Zealand. It was one of the one of the books we had at, uh, in English when I was at high school. Um, well, I, I think it's still closed, isn't it? Or is it now back up and running? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's open for people to hang off any time you want to. <laughs> you just have to book in advance, but yeah, you can go and hang off the hands of big of uh, the, the big clock yeah, at Big Ben. I must say, um, a big influence, uh, a book I was reading around the time, so it must have been there and just waiting to to spark an idea, was um, a book I hadn't heard about until a few years ago. I saw it in a, um, a bookshop, even though I'm a massive fan of the author, is Stamble Train by Graham Greene. Mm. Basically, um, Murder on the Orient Express, done by... Yeah. Uh, and it's it's absolutely amazing it's totally totally like engrossing you get sort of mm. five um five pages in and you're hooked it's it's not set during the sort of um agent shadow era it's 1930s but it's that same sort of feel pressier sort of a mm. there and there's sort of rumors of a war and the secret mm. agent so it's a great book, um, but yeah, um, the, any of that. It, what I've said in a blog post, which is published, um, should be published now, is it's amazing how, like, enduring those sort of film noir tropes mm. in cinema and in literature and and radio. Um, that you know, I grew up on a farm in New Zealand in the nineteen eighties, and you know completely divorced from sort of third man era post-war Europe. But all you need is like the silhouette of somebody standing mm. in a trench coat and, uh, you know, in front of a lamplight and you know exactly what kind of story you're about to enter. Yeah. It's, it's so, so iconic. And, and even today, like 70, 80 years after the heyday of like noir cinema, it, it's constantly reinventing itself, it, it reinventing itself, and it's, mm. it's it's so many other takes on it as well. Yeah, you got my mind buzzing now about all the, but you know, everything from Dashiell Hammett right the way through um, uh, Elroy and LA Confidential yeah. and all the LA Noir stuff. Yeah, from, that I was been just thinking in the, of what, LA the 80s, LA, or, uh, I Yeah, um, there's there's so much of that stuff isn't it and it did yeah you're right it, it it doesn't go away and and you know it just looking at uh some of some of the imagery that you you've shared with us you know it's mm. got all of that that just looking at it i mean clear, clearly very well done um uh, you know just looking at it, it evokes so much it's uh and let's uh, face yeah. it, there's not many of us out there whose faces don't look better half covered in shadow. I mean, that's just a fact. So <laughs> if that doesn't make people want to get out and buy this film alone, I don't know what does. Um, we should probably start to wind things up, I think, um, because people should be going to the Kickstarter now. So as we have this conversation, Stephen, the Kickstarter will be live, right? Absolutely. So um, we'll be, this is after 12 p.m., on Friday, Graham. <laughs> um, yeah, of course it will. I'm going to get a jump on you. It's going out tomorrow. So, um, <laughs> Scoop. Yes. Uh, so the Kickstarter uh, went live today, Friday the 11th of June, um, uh, officially launched. And 
uh, it will run until the middle of July. Um, the date has escaped me, but um, basically it's a 40-day campaign. Mm -hmm. And that's because I have to raise near enough to £40,000. Um, so it felt like a, a nice round figure to try and, try and get £1,000 uh, a, a day. Um, and I'm not spending it all on a gold hat or a uh, around-the-world ticket, don't worry. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Do you, um, we mentioned this briefly before the podcast. Do you have any stretch goals? Um, I'm, I'm considering those. I want to see how things go in the first week um, because I, I, I know that some campaigns in the past have uh, sort of worried about that stuff and not worried about the fact that, like, the, the campaign itself is, you know, worry about stretch goals when you have, you're two times over your target. I mean, I would love to be in the kind of situation that Intrepid found themselves in the other month where I think they made a goal in five minutes. Um, <laughs> I, I will be very happy. My wife has promised to take me out for dinner um, on the weekend. Uh, and, and, you know, she said uh, as a celebration, it's like, whoa. <laughs> It's launched. It hasn't funded, um, but yeah, I'm. I'm hoping a few thousand people around the world see this and just go, "Okay, that looks great." Excuse my French. Um, it's not French, Stephen. I can't even use a, a beer at my elbow. I'm I'm not drinking this week because what to do? Um, but yeah, I just I just hope people see it and and get excited and get that you know. It's been great, sort of talking to you guys and seeing that you're you're all fizzing with with ideas of what you'd mm. shoot it and how you'd shoot it and where you'd shoot it. Um, you know, it's it, when when it came to testing the the films that I have, it's like, well, I kind of want my Cold War cameras for this. I don't mm. want my F one hundred or a, a sort of twentieth century twenty uh, first century film compact. I want to, you know put it in my Zorkies and put it in my, um, you know, Prectinas and stuff like that. So you actually went with your Leica R8. That's a Cold War camera, right? Yeah, well, you know, in very, very low light when uh, you're trying to take behind-the-scenes pictures, that's actually very useful. But, you know, it, it's it's a black Leica R8, so at least it is noir. Uh, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's not the prettiest-looking camera, so uh, even though it's a very, very good camera. So it kind of looks like some rough who might uh, thump you uh, in the down an alleyway. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it, this is a thing, isn't it? It's like hopefully it has enough of a personality that it makes people wonder about what they're going to shoot it with and where. And you know, especially I think because people, I know this is a movable feast all around the world, but you know something that maybe 18 months ago as mundane as meeting your friends in a bar on a Saturday night is now kind of an adventure for people because it's they yeah. those friends for 10, 12, 15, 18 months. So, um, and it's things that people are documenting. Yeah. yeah. It's a good timing because I think most people's meetings over the last 12 months have been far more clandestine than they used to. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a perfect time for this. Um, so where should people be going to? What Obviously, Kickstarter, what's the, the project 
going to be under there. I mean, we'll put a link uh, in the show notes. But... You can search for it um, either by Agent Shadow or the 36 frames. Um, and yeah, it's live running till um, the middle of July. Uh, and I ship anywhere in the world. Everything is um, sent tracked via Royal Mail. So, you know, if you have loyal listeners from Liberia, uh, Libya, Laos, and uh, somewhere else begins Lagos. with Laos. Uh, no, that's not a country. That's a city. Oh, damn. Uh, Lebanon. <laughs> Lebanon. Um, you know, if you have uh, <laughs> listeners from those countries, then, you know, I'll, I'm happy to send anywhere. Um, I'm taking a, a bit of a, a break from my day job in order to actually deal with all the packing of stuff mm. when this goes out. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to be very, very sick of the sight of a couple boxes <laughs> come uh, the, the photography show, which is probably, the, unless we meet up beforehand, probably the next time I'll see you. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know that was happening until somebody happened to mention it to me last week. And the old pipe said, "Are you? What's happening at the photography show?" To which my response was, "September the photography show." I think it's in September. I got an email about mm-hmm. it today. So yeah, I will be there as part of the analog spotlight, and and uh, I, I may as well tell you that I will be launching uh, upon a, uh, the rest of the world agent shadow there, so it will be available to buy. Uh, at the photography show because I'll have sent out the film only mm. awards by then, fingers crossed. Um, obviously, with Kickstarter, uh, you know, some, will, some maybe some issues, but will people get a uh, discount if they turn up wearing a trench coat and fedora? Well, uh, that maybe. I think you definitely should go to Comic Con as Doctor. We should be more like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yeah. <laughs> if, if everyone's dressing up to look like a, a sort yeah. of film noir secret agent, then the enemy agents are going to be able to spot you. More mm. So, um, yeah, I, I think we need to go more, more deep undercover. <laughs> and if you do bring out a red scale film at some point in the future, I assume that's going to be called Agent Orange, right? Well, maybe that's problematic. Mm. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Uh, I think, yeah, a red scale film was definitely quite away down my um, my bucket list, I, I must admit. <laughs> I'm yet to be convinced by... Um, it's so far down, it's in your sick bucket list. It's, I mean, you know, as I said earlier, film soup, not my kind of thing, but, you know, all power to to those who who, who it is. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've got a list of things I want to do with Cosmophoto. It's, this isn't going to be the last last film project i do and if it is hugely successful fingers crossed then uh, anything left over from the production is going towards funding the next stage um i'm already already fairly certain of what the next one or two films are Um, there's a a good cliffhanger that isn't it yeah Uh, in the same way that Mono opened doors with the people I'm working with, um, with Agent Shadow, maybe Agent Shadow might open doors with other people. Who knows? Mm. Stay tuned. Oh, that's <laughs> a, 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 yeah. Intriguing, intriguing. 
And I'm, I'm guessing also, Stephen, that people should go to cosmophoto.com where you will have loads of pictures, loads of other information and stuff there for people to see on your website. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, a, a post about the launch of it. Um, also go to Japan Camera Hunter and mm. uh, 35MMC because they're also, um, I've written a piece for um, Bellamy at the time of talking and I'm also um, liaising with, with Hamish um, for something after the launch date. Um, uh, and then on Cosmophoto, there's a big blog post about the launch and how it came about. And then there's, um, over the course of the ca campaign, there'll be loads of update posts with the different testers so you can see um, what their results look like. Uh, and that those will be um, updates on the Kickstarter campaign as well. So there'll be hopefully know 15 to 20 updates like that over the course of their campaign because that you know that's something else i'm aware of is the kiss of death is to go out with all guns blazing and then like the kickstarter page itself was sort of tumbleweed for two weeks and it's like you, know, you need to be active and um answering questions so uh yeah if if you have questions about the film um i'll be answering the most common ones in the FAQ and people can get hold of me via the new, the normal Cosmophoto channels, either the Facebook page or uh, Instagram or Twitter. Um, I'll definitely be surfing those uh, quite a lot over the next six weeks or so. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Well, I hope, personally, I hope that everybody who's listened to this is excited about this because it's just a good thing like mm. vote with your wallet for stuff you want to see happen and personally what i want to see happen is um more money and enthusiasm going into film i mean it's not as if money going to steven is taking away money from other film manufacturers no quite the opposite it's just selling more of their film everybody benefits from this this is a win 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 you win you get some cool looking film steven wins because he gets to do this thing he wants to do and the people who are making their film get to win everybody wins and you get Yay. to this Yay. Sounds good. Yeah, and Aid gets to wear his cowboy stripper hat. Which is, if only it was a video. Hat. <laughs> Have I got to do like a song and a dance now? Yes. Like, well, can I leave my hat on? And only your hat. Only the only reason hat. we have to get Claire on there is because we, we promised Claire there you is a song in the mo There is a song in a movie about leaving your hat on, isn't there? But um, I don't think it was a noir movie. I think it was a, a, a northern musical, <laughs> <laughs> if I remember rightly. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, that when that song comes on, it's usually not a place with a jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, uh, well, uh, are we, do we have any uh, any parish notices for this week? Anybody? I don't think so. I don't think so. Ooh. Things are all progressing well for your um, exhibition, aren't they, John? Oh yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> I got all the uh, I got all my prints done. I haven't done my big mural prints yet, but everything else is done and off with the. Uh, the next artist now so yeah it's getting there <laughs> cool look forward to that okay all right well in which case then uh we have been the sunny 16 podcast 
and uh we'll play you out now uh, with rachel's band rocker you can get their album promises i should have kept on all good music channels on the internet uh and uh yeah as always it's been an honor and a privilege to talk with you all and especially our special guest Stephen, and all the exciting news and we will be back soon next week i think it might be slightly different than a week because this one's going out on a friday uh but we'll be back soon with the next sunny 16 and i look forward to talking to you all then goodbye Bye. Good night. Bye. Bye.